And now for a taste of things to come. A great slam and then stop. It's on. It's time for the new Game On podcast. We're celebrating our favorite games. Falcon Punch! Mamma mia! Finish him! It's a little bit of the old. You're good, but I'm better. A little bit of the new. I am assuming direct control. And everything in between. But enough talk! How about you? Let's get things started. Get more from your gaming habit with Jeff Johnson. Game on! Game on! Game on! And it's the new Game On Podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson, and we're back for our third episode. It's good to be back doing this, actually. I've really enjoyed the fact of just being able to talk about games again through this podcast. And it's been one of those therapeutic things, because let's face it, there's a lot going on around the world right now. And we all need an opportunity to just sort of, you know, cut back a little bit and sort of take off the tensions a little bit. This week, we have a couple of games we're going to be talking about as part of the New Game On podcast, episode three. So it's not as long of an episode as past episodes, just to get that out there. I know there's only been two episodes to really pull from to talk about past episodes, but not so much game time this week. Been a couple of things that have been going on this past weekend, uh, celebrating my wife's birthday, trying to deal with some uh, house projects that have been going on, Easter, but I've got some games to talk about, and first off, a game that I don't know if you could really technically call it a game, we're kind of going into this sort of game as art territory here, we're talking about a game called Fractured Minds, and I'll go a little bit into this in a little bit here, the best way I can describe this is almost depression simulator, or mental disorder simulator, But that's kind of what they're going for in this game. So we'll be talking about Fractured Minds in this episode. Also, we're talking about one game that really surprised me on how addicting it is. Just because, I mean, for one thing, it's a card game. So why, as a video game form, it would be as addictive as it is, I don't know. I'm talking about Uno. And in this case, specifically, Uno Flip which is a new sort of uh, DLC add-on that they've done for this game. Uh, this The Uno Flip deck has existed for a little while now. I, I'm not sure exactly how long that deck has existed, but it's the first I've heard of it, and it's, it's fantastic. It really adds a whole new dynamic to this game, and we'll get into that a little bit later. We're also going to be talking about multiplayer games this week. I just want to say this sort of was an add-on at the last minute, I wasn't looking to talk about this at first because originally I was going to talk about N64 games. Specifically, uh, some N64 games I decided to dive into and get into. But the time never emerged for that. Instead, I had a lot of time with other people and we played multiplayer games. And the last thing I want to talk about for this week's episode is something called GG. And we'll get into that when we get there. It's all another episode of the New Game On Podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson. Hi, this is John St. John, but you might know me better as the voice of Duke Nukem. And you're listening to Game On Rock and Roll. The New Game On Podcast continues. Here's Jeff. And welcome back to the New Game On Podcast. Thank you for listening once again this week. 
I am Jeff Johnson, been doing this whole Game On thing now for, oh god, about eight years, which, that's a lot of time to be talking about video games, I'll tell you that much. Uh, and that being said, I mean, it's been on and off, there's been times where I've been talking about the games, there's been times where I took long hiatuses. There's been times where YouTube thought I should take a hiatus, and, you know, made me disappear for a while. But... Hey, no things happen. Welcome to the crazy world of YouTube, or welcome to the crazy world of talking about podcasts and stuff like that. Right now, the game we're looking at is called Fractured Minds. This one's interesting because this game was entirely developed by a 17-year-old who sort of finished this game and came up with it. A 17-year-old named Emily Mitchell. She wanted to make a game about severe anxiety and depression. And so, basically, she found her solace through game development, uh, won the 2017 BAFTA Young Games Designers Award, and basically her product was this game, Fractured Minds. Now, when I first picked up this game, I thought to myself, this game is going to be some kind of a horror thing, because I kept seeing this sort of smiley-faced guy with tentacles coming from him, and I thought to myself, this is right along the vein of Slenderman. That's kind of the feeling I get from it, just looking at this guy. It looks like a Slenderman monster, but in fact, it's much more deeper than that. This isn't your sort of ghouls and ghosts story. In that regard, I kind of found it hit and miss. So the whole point of this is going through the feelings in a person's mind and just the overall overwhelming feelings you get from depression and anxiety. And so there's a lot of different levels that are in here. There's, if I'm right, there's about six or seven different levels. And there's one level where it's completely done underwater. Uh, also, there's like anxiety with crowds, uh, dealing with this personal emotional journey through the human psyche. And each of these chapters deal with that isolation, anxiety. Uh, there's one level that actually has to deal with sort of a birthday party setting. And uh, you're playing pin the tail on the donkey at one point. You got to put the blindfold on. You got to grab the tail and you're putting it on the poster. And immediately after you do that, the entire atmosphere of the room changes. And somebody says, what did you do? And like the whole feel of it just completely changes right at that moment. And in that regard, I sort of I don't sort of relate to that because, I mean, in real life, I've never had to deal with anxiety or anything. I know I've had to deal with sort of uh, some dark moments in my life, but I would never sort of go to the point of saying, like, it was a disorder or anything like that. It's kind of interesting to play a game like this and sort of get the feel for these sort of emotions. And, I mean, there's a couple of different levels in here where... Yes, it sort of hits it right on. Like, I know in the first level, there's this endless search for keys. And when you keep on not finding this key, there's just a whole bunch of different messaging that comes your way. Very depressive messaging. Uh, because you start beating yourself up over these things. And the second level, like I said, with the birthday party, it was really portrayed well that sort of anxiety that comes from the whole sort of party crowd, like the birthday party crowd, the attention's all on you, and I get what they were going for there. So rather than trying to explain all of these feelings, I think it's better if you were to play the game. And for myself, just getting a chance to play this, 
it was, well, for one thing, it was cheap. It did not cost much to buy this game. But the thing about it is that I found really interesting is the money that goes towards this game also goes to supporting charity. And in this case, it's the Safe in Our World charity. At the time when this was created, it was a new mental health charity for the video games community. And its goal was raising awareness of mental health issues among gaming, gamers, and creators and also affecting positive change within the industry. So, I mean, in that regard, it's really neat to see what was done through this, what they tried to accomplish and tried to achieve with this. But I think it's a game you have to play to sort of get the feels from it. Obviously, for me, I felt the first level was really well done. The second level as well, really well done. The level where you're in the crowd on the street and... Basically, you start breathing heavily anytime anybody close to you starts walking close to you. In that regard, I mean, yes, you've hit it right on the head. That's that anxiety of crowds again. All of those I felt were really done well. The ones that just didn't sort of resonate with me, like there was a level where you ended up inside of a snow globe. And there was another level where, like I said, you were underwater. And both of those I felt just didn't really hit the mark for me. It might have hit the mark for somebody who's actually going through those feelings, but it didn't work that well for me. The last level of this game is kind of a boss fight, kind of, but not really. Because, I mean, there's no way that you can die in this fight. Basically, the uh, title monster I was talking about, basically the smiley thing with tentacles, that is where you get into a confrontation with that. And, I mean, let's face it, the, the big moral, the lesson here is the monster is a part of you all along. So, basically, you create your own demons. And without, the de without you, the demon has no power. I, at least that's the messaging I'm kind of getting from it. At the same time, it's very hard to sort of do a boss fight while at the same time dealing with some kind of a mental health issue. Yeah, in that regard, I thought that the design of the creature was really well done. But I really think games as an art form just simply doesn't resonate well with me. And, like, I get, I get the point of doing these kind of games. Like, like I explained with uh, Limbo last week. Limbo was a game where, you know, it's this film noir style. It's this artistic style. But it just doesn't do it for me. I, I, I guess I prefer my more traditional games or games that if it involves heavy thinking it's more of a stats and numbers kind of thinking as opposed to a sort of psychological philosophical kind of thinking there's a difference there for me and once again fractured minds i'm sure it's going to hit well with many different people for myself i probably could have just skipped it but that's just me what's your thoughts on fractured minds let us know your thoughts about it in the comments section, what you thought of Fractured Minds, and we'll go from there. In the meantime, I've got more games coming. We're going on a sort of lighter side of things, because at this point, we're going to go talk about card games. I'm Jeff Johnson, and this is the new Game On Podcast. You're listening to Game On. Tremble in fear at our three different times of ships. Hi, folks. This is Jim Cummings, but you also know me as... The terror mask from Splatterhouse. What are you looking at, you little weasel? Now shut up and tune into Game On. You're listening to the new Game On podcast with Jeff Johnson. 
and it's a new game on podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson. Uh, now we're getting into some lighter territory. I mean, I know that first segment was pretty heavy, but uh, we're going into some lighter topics now, specifically Uno, and even more specifically, Uno Flip. I can't think of anybody who hasn't played Uno. And if you haven't played Uno, for God's sakes, it's free. Uno is a free game you can download on your PC. It's Uno. Or you can just get the deck of cards from Walmart when we're not on quarantine. Or you could download the game from Ubisoft on your Xbox One. Like, it's always good. Uno is a fun game to play with everybody. And let's it's surprisingly competitive. I'm really surprised to see, like, I've been seeing a lot of sort of top eSports gamers who've been playing a lot of Uno lately. I've been seeing celebrities playing Uno lately online. And, like, I even saw a tournament involving ridiculous amounts of money for Uno. For Uno. And there it was. But what I'm talking about today is Uno Flip. So what you got here is what if you were playing Uno, but... There was stuff on both sides of the cards. So there's a special card that'll come up every now and then that makes you flip over what your hands and then have to continue playing like that. So it's almost a sort of multi-layered strategy because on one side, you've got, you know, your usual sort of Uno cards. On the other side, you've got a whole new group of uno cards that are completely out of the order that you originally had and the other thing about it is it's got steeper punishments on that side one of the cards on the flipped side is a skip all card where you skip everybody else you're playing to go back to your turn or there's also the plus five card which can be stacked which if everybody's got a plus five card by the time it goes all the way back around the circle you're looking at a plus 20 on the first person who played it, which if you have to add 20 cards to your hand and you know, that's just absolutely insane. You, there's no way you're going to get rid of all those cards before the end of the game. It, it just doesn't work that way. So Uno Flip is amazing. <laughs> it's the only way I can put it. It is surprisingly addictive. I love playing it. The only thing I got to say that really bugs me about, you know, playing Uno is there is no option for playing like a two-player version of it at home. So like you have to play Uno as a single-player game or as an online game. There is no option for sort of couch co-op or, you know, multiplayer play in your home, which really stinks. But at the same time, I can understand sort of the logistics against it because how would you go about doing that? If it's all sort of a game based on, you know, playing the cards in your hand and it's on the screen of your TV, then anytime it goes to, you know, your opponent's turn, they're going to see what cards you have because they have to show every card that's there or else you couldn't play. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there, There is that. I mean, there's other card games that have found their way around it, though, because, I mean, I know there's games like Prominence Poker or any game of Texas Hold'em Poker where you just have to press the left or right trigger to unhide your hand to look at it. But, I mean, really, if you unhide your hand, anybody's going to see as you're playing anyway. So there's that. Like, it's one element. I would love to see sort of a home-based version where you can play with multiple people. 
But at the same time, that's why you get a deck of Uno cards, right? You know, the actual deck of Uno cards as opposed to like a actual screen version. For playing people online, this game's perfect. There, there's no going wrong with this. It, it's definitely worth your time. But I'm a card game player. I like these things. And that's why something like Uno Flip catches me. So that's about it for this one. There's not much more I can say. Buy Uno Flip. It's worth it. Okay, so I was just talking about how I don't like the fact that this doesn't have multiplayer at home. Let's talk about games that do have multiplayer at home. We're getting into multiplayer games, and that is coming up next on the new Game On podcast. This is Mr. Freeze from Arkham City. It's a cold, cold world, unless you're listening to Game On. You know what they say when life hands you lemons. Do a barrel roll! And when you want to know about your favorite games, listen to Game On with Jeff Johnson. You're listening to the new Game On podcast. Now back to the couch with Jeff Johnson. And here we are again. It is the new Game On podcast. I'm Jeff Johnson. Thank you again for listening. And uh, thank you again to anybody who has supported our podcast, our YouTube channel, our blogs over the years. It's It's been a long run. We've had a lot of support from people, and I'm really happy to see just all the different people that we've talked to over the years, whether it be game developers, voice actors, uh, people who have gotten involved doing features on the show, people who've gotten involved in our discussions in the past. It's great stuff to have. And I hope we get the chance to have people join us on the podcast again or people join us over the phone to talk about whatever they want to talk about talk about games talk about many different games i know we haven't had a horror game discussion yet and i'd love to do that at some point so anybody wants to join up come on down just let me know fire me a message fire me a comment in the on youtube or on our blog and we'll see what we can do to set things up now i bring that up because i want to talk about multiplayer games. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of the episode I was hoping to do a feature on N64 games this week. That didn't exactly work out so well because I just didn't get time to play a couple of games that I wanted to play by myself. Instead, I ended up playing a bunch of different multiplayer games. So, like, at one point in the weekend, uh, my wife Shayla and I were getting together and playing Overcooked 2 again. (laughs) And... Oh, God, Overcooked. Um, So, Overcooked's one of those games that is one of the perfect multiplayer games because it's so high-paced and frenetic, and the levels are not exactly that long. Like, each level is only, like, three, four, five minutes in length, but everybody has a role to do because it's just like, you know, any other kitchen. You're, you've got your sous chefs. You've got your main chefs. Uh, it's up to you to figure out what role everybody on your team is doing and to go with it. <laughs> the thing about it is my wife is a total collector. She's got to get like three stars and everything. Like, you know, collect every item, go through every section of game. Banjo-Kazooie, Super Mario 64, Donkey Kong 64, like that style of game, the collect-a-thon gamer. She grew up with those, and that has stuck with her. She loves collecting everything. I'm somebody who can just sort of go through and get a star or two, and I'll be good. Like, you know, I, I don't have to complete every single thing. And so... Obviously, when we played together on Overcooked, we had to collect everything. So that's how that worked out. 
And if you want to be a perfectionist and overcooked, get ready to pull your hair out. Because holy crap, you get so close every bloody time. You get fires that happen when you do something wrong. It's a frustrating game. It's a fun game, but a frustrating game. And Overcooked 2 takes what Overcooked does and builds on it. First off, the earlier levels, ridiculously easy compared to the ones that you started off with in the original Overcooked. Points are a lot easier to come by. Uh, in the first couple of levels, I think we got up to like 1,400, 1,100 points in a single level just because you're used to playing the old Overcooked games. But then you get some of the levels where you're on a balloon falling from the sky and oh god how do we get through this level and i mean we just got enough points to get by in those ones where am i going with this i had a train of thought i i just realized i spent like two minutes there just sort of (laughs) kind of bsing about overcooked overcooked the reason i bring it up is because it is a fantastic multiplayer game and it got me thinking just what are some of the other really good games to play multiplayer There's a lot of different games that you can play that are multiplayer games that are mature rated. Like I think about games like the Gears of War series, A Way Out, a bunch of other ones like Borderlands 3, for example. These are games that I wouldn't play with my seven-year-old. I wouldn't play them with my four-year-old or three-year-old either. So, I mean, those games are kind of off the topic here. I'm talking more sort of games for everybody that anybody can jump into. And one of those games that I was playing over the weekend, I sat down with my oldest daughter, my seven-year-old, and put on the N64 to play some Pokemon Stadium. And again, this goes back to how I wanted to do an N64 feature, but bear with me here. Reason I put on that game is because there's a whole bunch of mini-games on Pokemon Stadium, and they are fantastic. Like, I think of the uh, Lickitung eating the sushi, the Rattata races, which my daughter really loved that one, uh, the Sandshrew digging for water, which doesn't make sense because, I mean, he's kind of got at a type disadvantage to the water spouting out, but it's still a fun game. Uh, anyway, there's nine different little mini games in Pokemon Stadium, and it makes for a great time for everybody to play. And it's definitely one I'd recommend to anybody who's wanting to go back to the older system and you want to play games with other people play some Pokemon Stadium and play those mini games because they're great. I also put together sort of a short list of just other games kind of in that vein that sort of, these are great games for everybody to play and everybody's going to get an enjoyment out of them. Uh, Mario Party games come to mind. Uh, The Jackbox Party Pack is a little bit more mature, but it's something that has a kid-friendly option. Mario Kart games are always fantastic. Uh, We had talked about the moving out demo in an earlier episode. When that game comes out later this month, that's going to be fantastic for multiplayer. The Lego games. I always like playing the Lego games. I think they're great multiplayer fun and definitely worth your time. If you want to play with a younger kid, it's a great game for them to get into. And of course, the one game that my one daughter continues to want to play on a regular basis, Minecraft. Now, I am not a Minecraft hater. I'm going to start that right there. I am not a Minecraft hater because I find I have deep dive sessions with Minecraft. Like, I will go months without playing it, and then I'll start it up again, and then I'll spend like a whole month digging a cave, or I'll spend a month digging around building little outposts and connecting them around the world. It's one of those sort of 
games that you can jump into at any time. And as I've learned from the last couple of times I've played, really fun to play with other people too. As long as they don't, you know, take your stuff and try to be jerks about it because <laughs> nobody's taking my diamond armor. It's not happening. So yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on this week. I just wanted to share a few multiplayer games that really, really are good for every person of all age. Because if you're stuck in your home as much as I am right now, multiplayer is the way to go. It's a great way to sort of enjoy some time with your family. If you can't get outside on like a rainy day and you're stuck under quarantine rules, play some multiplayer games. Enjoy yourself. While I'm at it, I'm going to throw the question at you. What multiplayer games are you really enjoying right now? Share them in the comments below. I'd love to hear them. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the New Game On Podcast. It's all about the game. And I can play it all about control if you can take it. Do you think that we could play another game? Maybe I could win this time. listening to Game On with Jeff Johnson. Game On, your new favorite podcast on today's drive to work. Mamma mia! We set high standards here. Here's Jeff. And the podcast curse continues. So every time I say, and this is true about every single episode of any podcast I've ever been involved in, anytime I say we've got ourselves a shorter episode, it turns into one of the longest episodes we've ever done. Because the discussion takes forever. Every single time. Well, this time I'm going to keep it short. Because I could go on forever on the sort of endlessness of this next topic. I want to talk to you about GG. So this is a bit of an odd one. Bear with me here. I recently discovered a new app that has come out. It might be older. I don't know. It's new to me. So bear with me here. It's called GG. And what it is, is it is an app that allows you to document your gaming collection. And all you got to do is you type in the name of a game, and then you say whether you're playing it, you've beaten it, or you've shelved it. And, you know, every time you do that, it sort of adds to the list of your collection. And so... The thing about it is, is if you're a paid member of this app, you can also start to make lists. And as I saw one of my friends did, they made a top 100 list of their favorite games of all time. So naturally, the second I saw that a list was involved and you can make a top 100 list of your own, I decided I wanted to sort of dive into this. And dive in I did. So... Here's the thing. My collection is insane. I, I'm just saying this right now. I'm not even... I'm not kidding here. My collection is absolutely insane. It's like video game hoarding levels of insanity. And, I mean, it, a lot of these games I have played, I've realized that going through the numbers here, I've played actually a fair bit of my collection. Uh, I blame Humble Bundle and I blame a lot of the other bundle programs for many of the games I haven't got a chance to play, especially on the PC, because, dear God, the, the Humble Bundles you can get are fantastic. Same thing with Fanatical. That's another great site for getting cheap, cheap games. 
Um, but I'm also a sucker for stuff like switch sales or when Xbox Microsoft does like their big spring sale and stuff like that. And just looking through to see if I can find some really cheap games compared to what they normally price as like the fact that I could find this was a couple of months ago when I found the, uh, resident evil Two remake for pretty much 18, 19 bucks. I can't go wrong there because I'm not spending $70, $80 for a game when it comes out. But if it's super cheap, yeah, I'm jumping in. I'll buy it. I might not have the time to play it right now, but I'll buy it for that because who knows if it's ever going to go down to that price again. Short answer here, it's always going to go down to that price again. So don't fall for that logic. Anyway, game collection's insane. I'm still trying to document it all on this GG app. When this episode goes up, I'm going to share the link to my GG profile. Uh, you can see sort of where I'm at because I've got a long way to go. My main goal here is as I'm going through these, I'm just including my favorites in the top 100 games list and putting together what I consider the top 100 games of all time that I have ever played. It's going to take some time because like I said, I'm still going through the entire collection. But when that top 100 list is completed... I'm putting together a feature on it, and we're going to talk about it. And I'll ask you two to do the same thing. For now, let's just dummy it down to top five. What is your top five games of all time? That's what I'm ending this episode on. You let me know in the comments. Top five games of all time. I want to hear from you. I'm Jeff Johnson. This is the New Game On Podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. You've been listening to the new Game On Podcast with Jeff Johnson. You can find more content from Game On on Facebook and on YouTube.com slash GameOnGNT. And don't forget to check us out on Spreaker for all your podcast needs. And remember, only inside jokes are allowed during quarantine. Unless you're playing the game inside, that's just creepy.